0: Hello and welcome to Session 8 in our Raising Leaders podcast. Today we're talking about the marvellous body of Christ and you'll find that in Chapter 7 of the Vision Handbook and also uh, Chapter 29 here in this People with a Passion book. Now, as we go into looking at the body of Christ and what that means, it's obvious that it's a, a human analogy so as we have a body, so Christ has a body. And when we talk about the cell vision, um, we really look at how cells operate, biological cells, how they operate in the human body. Now, this was not in New Testament thinking. They, they didn't know about cells. Not even uh, Charles Darwin knew the complexity of cells. Otherwise, maybe his theory might have been a little bit different. But the, but the point is, is that because the analogy is there of the human body, we we find, I certainly find, great significance in looking at how the cells in the human body operate. And there is a correspondence between this human bodily functioning and the workings of the body of Christ, and the correspondence is quite remarkable. So for example, the human body is structured into cells, trillions and trillions of cells, and the church follows this principle of the body of Christ by Calling people to be active, active members in the body of Christ through a particular cell group. The cells in the human body are a functioning basic unit, it is the basic functioning unit of life of, in the human body. And so the cell groups are the basic functioning unit of the church. And another point about that is that every cell in the human body carries the DNA of the whole. And so every single cell group carries the DNA of the whole of that body. And so a lot of people say, well, I have some fellowship. I fellowship at work with these believers and those believers, and they all might be belonging to different church communities, that's beautiful. But when we have a cell vision, the cells are structured within that local church expression, within that community. And so, just as in your body, you can't take a cell out of your body and put it somewhere else and say, goodbye, you don't belong to me and no cell can of its own volition say, I'm going to do my own thing, I'm going to structure myself as I want to structure myself, I'm a law unto myself. No, that's not the principle of the body at all. When we are in the cell vision, we are structured by the Holy Spirit in the specific expression of the body of Christ that we're connected to. And so, as in the human cells, the DNA of the whole body is carried in the human cells, so also in the body of Christ. And what that means is that what we do in our small groups, in our cell groups, carries the DNA of the whole church. So it's not just about having a prayer group or a Bible study group or, or, or some kind of social group. No, it is a, a, a group where we are committed together to do everything that church does. So it is the whole of the church expressed in miniature. And this is the major functioning of our church. So the cells are not just one part of the church, but it's how the whole work of the church operates through the cells. Just as in the human body, the cells are microcosms of the whole and the basic functioning unit of the life in the body. One or two other things, cells multiply. (laughs) That's so important. And that's what the cell groups should be doing. And this program of encouraging and raising cell leaders for the 2020s is about growth it's about fruitfulness, it's about growth, it's about multiplication. And so this, in the DNA of the life of the church, multiplication is right there. And we encourage you to receive that uh, spirit of multiplication and faith for multiplication so that you can grow in the body of Christ. And so, as we look at all of this, we are delighted that the Holy Spirit gives us a means by which the body of Christ can be fully mobilized. Now, we speak, and when I talk about this, I often use the illustration of the example of somebody who is um, paralyzed. And it's not a pleasant thought. um, And uh, we have a great compassion for anybody that has lost the functioning of their limbs or any part of their body. And... uh, we thank God for the grace of God uh, in all circumstances and situations, in, in the, in the real-life situation. But it's not desirable. We would not wish it upon people. And yet, if Jesus' body is the church and we're not functioning as members of his body, what we're saying is, is Jesus, okay, you, you can live in, in a paralyzed body. You can live in a body that's not functioning very well. And the highest... Ecclesiology. Ecclesiology is the doctrine of the church. The highest ecclesiology that I know from Scripture is this. You are the body of Christ. He is the head. We are the body. And what does that mean? (laughs) It's just like me here today. And if if I was on the open platform in Kensington Temple Building and not in this lockdown period, I would get up and do this demonstration, which I usually do. And if you've been around for a while, you probably see me do it several times. And basically it is this. Um, What I want to do, I have to do through my body. If I want to reach down and pick up this book, I, I need to do it through my body. If I wanted to go over there and switch those lights off, I'd have to go over there and do it in my body. So whatever I want to do, I must do it through my body. And that's the same with Jesus in this world. We are his body. We are his agent in this world. And this this ecclesiology is so vital, it's so fundamental, it's so basic, and it's so radical because it means that you and I are the body of Christ through which he functions in this world. And uh, the scripture, Paul, in using this analogy of the body in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 21, says, the head cannot say to the body, I have no need of you. But wait, wait, wait a bit. The head cannot say to the body, I have no need of you. Normally, we're saying, Jesus, we're the body, we need you. You're our head. But Jesus also recognizes that as the head of his body, and we are the body, he cannot say, I have no need of you. And so in this sense, very limited, very strict sense, he needs you. He needs us. Now, in the absolute sense, he doesn't. He can do it without us, but he's chosen to do it with us. That's why we are the body of Christ on the earth. And I have great faith in the church of Jesus Christ. Now is not the time to be abandoning the church. And what people want to abandon very often isn't the church anyway. It's some kind of traditional version. We need to get back to embrace the biblical understanding of the church of Jesus Christ as his body in the world. And so the presence of Christ in his body, he presents himself, the body of Christ, the church of Jesus Christ, which is the fullness of Jesus, Jesus' presence is in his body. And so we are very much the, the representation, the, the expression of Christ in this world. Now, we remain mortal, yes we do, in the sense that we're human. I'm not saying we become divine. Not at all. But what I am saying is that we are so closely associated with Jesus that what we do in this world is vitally important for his mission and for his purposes. And he is the head, directs his body. And because of that, there is a way in which his body lines up. And I think one of the problems that we have today is that we have this Western-style individualism where people do their own thing and even cell groups can be doing their own thing. If you are a cell leader, you are committed to three things. Number one, you're under the authority of the senior leadership of the church. You function under the permissioning and the authority of your senior leaders and not out of it. Some people are saying, oh, you know, I'm I'm running my own cell. No, your cells that you run are under the alignment of the headship of the church of Jesus Christ which is ultimately the headship of Jesus Christ and his under-shepherds and his leaders. Second thing, you are connected to the vision of the church. You don't have your own vision. You are part of the vision of the church. So if if my body was divided in its intentions, half of it wanted to go this way, half of it wanted to go that way, I'd be doing the splits in front of you all and it's just not the way to go. So you are lined up to the vision. Third thing, you are connected in the community. The whole community. It's no good saying that a single cell or a single finger says, oh, I don't belong to the body. Look at me, look what I can do. No, severed from the body, you are useless. And so these principles are fundamental, basic principles, and by and large, they are ignored and trampled on by traditional church. So we need to make sure that we are revived and renewed in the spirit and understanding of our minds concerning the body of Christ. And so the next thing that I want to draw attention to is that within the cells, as indeed within the body of Christ, there is to be a fivefold ministry. Now, the five-fold ministry, apostles and prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers, is a, a ministry given to the body of Christ. This is a membership passage, Ephesians chapter 5, talks about the body of Christ. The, the, these gifts are given to every one of us, and it's not just for the leaders. Now, if you are a leader, then you, it's obvious that God has given you a measure of the gift where you are in a prominent, more prominent leadership role. But every member of the body of Christ, in some sense, reflects the fivefold ministry, and in the cells... The fivefold ministry operates. Let me show you how. The apostolic ministry grounds the cells in the principles of grace, it spurs the cells on towards growth and multiplication. And new cells spring up for, with as new initiatives are taken under apostolically influenced cell leaders. Wow. Apostolic is breakthrough. All right. Uh, then the prophetic ministry in the cells brings breakthrough revelation in the lives of cell members and helps them remain in touch with the heart and the mind of of Christ. And the evangelistic ministry motivates and equips the cells for evangelism and for producing new life. We need that evangelistic uh, ministry operating in the cells. The pastoral ministry, this is the one that is most common, and most cell leaders grasp this, but it's only one of the five. The pastoral ministry helps nurture the cell members and consolidate new believers. So there's a vital pastoral ministry there. And then the teaching ministry to build the cell members up as disciples of Jesus Christ, disciple the believers. The teaching ministry is the discipling ministry. It's not just an educational ministry; it is a formation ministry, not just information, but forming forming people into the character and person, the shape of Jesus Christ Himself, and showing them also how to become disciple makers of others. Now, you know, you might say, "Well, that's a very, very extraordinary claim." Colin, that you're going to say the fivefold ministry is present in every cell? Well, You know, it may not be precisely present in every cell, but don't forget you're part of a generation of cells and you have a primary leader and you have other cell leaders within that generation of cells and, and what I advise people in the primary teams to make sure that each of the cells has the input from the apostolic ministry, from the prophetic ministry, from the evangelistic, the pastoral and the teaching ministry. And also, don't forget that as the whole of the church functions in these five-fold ministries, you are walking in the atmosphere of a fully-fledged five-fold ministry. Now, this is something that we have to stress, and it is extremely difficult in our spiritual environment, whereas even in our own denomination, God bless Elam, but one, uh, in our own denomination, it is, it is the pastor-teacher role that is, that is up front and focused. And as a national team leader, uh, uh, along with the others, we try to correct this. But, of course, pastor-teacher ministry is possibly one of the ones that's supposed to be very prominent in the work of the church. But we must not forget all the other ministries, before, the breakthrough ministries of apostolic the, and, and, and the prophetic, and also the outreach ministries of the, the evangelist. And so one of the things I want you to do as a point of discussion here is how you can make more room for the fivefold ministry. What ministry gift do you think you have? And what about other people in your cell? And are you using your gifting in line with building up the cell and the wider body? And, and primary leaders and cell leaders who are leading a generation, how are you taking advantage of the apostolic And prophetic ministry that is upon the senior leadership in the church so that you can flow under all the fivefold ministry gifts of Christ. And now finally for this session I want to take you out of uh, the the confines of your own little groups uh, and, and, and think about wider society. Because the ministry that God has given us is truly ministry to the marketplace. The marketplace in the Bible is called the Agora. Uh, And so we are called to minister into the marketplace. And so really a, a way of describing the ministry of the church is that we go into the crowds the Agora, the marketplace, and those crowds in the marketplace are scattered crowds. And from there, we call them to Christ, and we gather them, so they become a gathered people, not a scattered crowd. As Jesus looked upon the crowd, he said, they are scattered. There are crowds of them, there's crowds of them. And he said, you're scattered, you're like sheep without a shepherd. And so the ministry of Jesus, is he sent his disciples out, into the marketplace into the agora into the 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 um uh, place outside of the of what we would naturally and normally call the church and there the the sheep are scattered and we gather them right there in the marketplace and and the way we do this is understanding that we are called to be salt and light in the world in other words our influence is beyond the four walls of a building Our influence as the body of Christ is outside. Amen and amen. The church without walls. And the Apostle Paul would have found this an extraordinary statement to say the church without walls. He said, I didn't know the church would ever have walls because they didn't have buildings in those days which were explicit church buildings. But the work was done right there in the homes, in the streets, in the marketplaces, in the places of business and commerce. And uh, so we have this vision to minister in the marketplace. And so uh, the, the cell vision is not the traditional church vision, which is come and hear, come and hear. No, we go and show, go and show. We go into the dark places and shine. We go into the places of corruption and we become the salutary influences of salt and light. So this go and show thrust of the church is done through the cells. So I say to you as uh, people who are, seeking to, uh, to plant your own cells and to grow your cells don't have your open selves in the church building. That's still telling people to come to us. You go and you, you plant your cells there in your workplace, in your home, your locality, and you do it out there so the seed of God's word can be scattered and the whole of society can be penetrated and your occupation very much is so, so important as a place to do this. Remember, the occupation is the location for your true vocation. And part of this, is what we call our Giants Ministry. The Giants Ministry is identifying what we call the giants of influence business and finance, ecology, environment, education, training, law and order, marriage, family, media, arts, medicine, health, politics and government, religion and belief, science and technology, sport and leisure thought and philosophy? Well there's 12 of them and recently we've looked at another giant that we need to tackle and this giant, the giant of racism, can operate in all of these areas so in many ways if you're bringing the kingdom into business and finance, education, sport and leisure uh, then you know uh, thought and philosophy you are fighting racism there if you are functioning well in each of those giants however it's important now particularly in the light of the recent issues that have been uh, have been highlighted by uh, by the violent uh, and unnecessary deaths of people in different parts of the world black people and the the persecution that is happening there and the discrimination and because of that We are wanting to stand together as one body to fight the giant of racism, to go into the places of influence and speak the love of Christ and the reconciliation of the Holy Spirit. So, as believers, we are called to be active witnesses to the kingdom of God in all of these areas so that people are one, discipled, and exercise godly influence over the giants. So, as we close, I ask you, what uh, what, as a point of contact, what giants are you passionate about? What are you doing as a point of action? What active steps are you taking to link with relevant KT giants so that together we can influence our whole society for Christ? And all of this is just the beginnings of understanding the marvellous body of Christ. God bless you. We'll see you next time.